Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is episode number 1147 on the happy and healthy habits to change your life. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Malcolm Gladwell said, practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. And Hal Elrod said, let today be the day you give up who you've been for who you can become. I'm excited because today's episode is a solo round and it's about the 11 habits I've personally cultivated in my life that have led me to feeling more fulfilled, more happier and healthier. Building new habits isn't easy, but you can trust me that if you implement even just a few of these into your life, you'll start to see the shift in areas that are causing you stress and frustration. And it's all about putting yourself first and showing up for yourself so you can show up for the world and everyone else around you as the best version of yourself. And in this episode, we discuss how to create a vision for your life, how to have a positive attitude when everything is going wrong, how to create healthy relationships, the importance of physical and mental health, how to take responsibility for your life, and so much more. And if you're enjoying this, make sure to share this with someone that you think would be inspired to hear this as well. You can send them the link, lewishouse.com slash 1147, or just copy and paste this link wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if this is your first time here, please click the subscribe button over on Apple Podcast and leave us a review of the part you enjoyed the most about this. Okay, in just a moment, it's time to develop the habits that will give you a happier and healthier life. I want to talk about the 11 habits to change your life. And these are really the habits to help you increase your happiness. Now, some people like to wait and see if happiness will ever just happen to them. Maybe one day they'll wake up and suddenly be happy and everything will be fantastic. But unfortunately, that's not just how life works. And we all know it doesn't work like that. In order to be happy, we must first have to be intentional about creating a better lifestyle. And that starts with habits. So today I want to go over the 11 habits that have transformed my life that I believe will help you build a happier, healthier, more loving life for yourself as well. And habit number one is to create a vision and life fulfilling goals. Now this is something that I talk about in my book. It's one of the first principles in the school of greatness is really creating a clear intentional vision. And without a clear vision, you'll end up running in multiple different directions instead of staying focused on what truly matters in your life, your relationships, your health, and your business. And this can lead to your success being delayed a lot longer than it needs to be. And so you really wanna get clear and intentional. And you can have a different vision at every different stage of your life, when you're 10 years old or when you're 50 years old, but it's important to have a clear vision. Without that, you'll just be kind of wandering around. And when we're wandering, we feel aimless. And when we feel aimless, We feel like, what's the point? What's the purpose? What's the intention for me being here? And that causes a lot of stress and anxiety when we have those thoughts. So in my life, 
when I wasn't clear on my vision, I was really running around and stressed out a lot. I was like, what should I be doing? I don't know. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I matter. And those thoughts really don't help me improve the quality of my life. And a question someone had asked me is, what was your life like when you didn't have a clear vision versus when you created one for the School of Greatness? And for me, I remember different moments in my life. It was mostly in transition when one goal was finished, when one dream had ended, whether it be you know, a sports dreams or business ended. It's kind of like the transition period where I was like, well, what do I do next? And it's that discovery phase of the transition where you get to get clear. Start doing the things that you really love. Do the hobbies, hang out with people you love to spend time with, travel. Do the things you've always wanted to do and do them to the best of your ability. When you do that, you'll start to spark ideas. Things will start to come to you naturally. And that's what I really did in between transitioning before the School of Greatness into the School of Greatness. I was living my life. I was playing sports. I was being active with friends. And that process, I remember going through transition thinking, you know, I wish there was more tools when I was growing up that would help me overcome the different challenges that I would face with my life. I wish there was a school of greatness that could teach me about all these different things. And that was the spark in the transition from one business to the next on why I created the School of Greatness. And the mission now is to serve 100 million lives weekly to help them improve the quality of their life. And we do that through a lot of the things that we do in the School of Greatness. But I'm very clear on the vision and on the mission. It's very intentional. I wake up every day thinking about it. And I act based on vision. Without that vision, I would act based on, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm not sure. I don't feel good about myself. I have no direction. And again, when we have no direction, we're just kind of wandering around in a circle. And that doesn't help us move forward. It doesn't help us grow. So have a clear vision. I don't care if the vision is for one month or for 20 years. Have something you're working towards. That will help increase the happiness and the quality of your life. Habit number two. This is something I learned in sports early on, is to have a positive attitude when things go bad. Now, the world is filled with a lot of different negativity, drama, stress, and sometimes it's hard not to fall victim to joining in on the negativity. This is one of the reasons why my father growing up would not let us watch the news. He would not let us watch commercials that talked about a lot of harmful things or the news because he didn't want us to be susceptible to hearing about things that maybe are happening in a micro level that are blown out of proportion that seem like it's happening all over the world, but it's really only happening in a small level. He didn't want us to emphasize on all this negative energy and this negative attitude, so he eliminated those thoughts from our mind to support us in the positive. In sports as well, I would also have coaches that, you know, things wouldn't always go our way. And I used to be so negative, I used to be so reactive when I missed a shot, when I dropped a ball, when I messed up, when something that I did was wrong or was a mistake, I used to beat myself up so much. Or when we'd lose, I was such a sore loser. I'd have such have a bad negative attitude. And our coaches over the years would really teach me like, that isn't helping you. That isn't supporting you or your teammates around you. But having a positive attitude when things go wrong will lift your teammates up, will lift you up to help you improve for the next play and the next moment. It's really all about having that positive attitude because the negative doesn't usually serve us for anything ever. There are times, absolutely, to speak up and be a stand for when bad things are happening to you or happening to other people or around you, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that specific moment in time. I'm talking about spending hours of your day thinking about yourself negatively, 
and thinking about the world negatively around you, just ruminating on how negative everything is. That prevents you from showing up as the best version of yourself. And I believe you're robbing yourself and your loved ones and the world of your gifts and who you truly are when you sit in that negative state. So when I began to shift into having a positive attitude, it really helped me in every area of my life. And negative things or things that I don't like happen around me all the time. But it's a practice, even today, and when I'm hit with these adversities or these obstacles, I try to ask myself, how could it possibly serve me in the future? Or if it's worth putting so much energy into it around a negative attitude, is it really worth it? Is it helping me in my health? Is it helping me in my joy and my love for others and my love for myself by holding on to this negative energy? It's usually not worth the energy. So why do we do it so frequently? You know, there's this book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff because it's all small stuff. You know, obviously there is adversity and there's challenges, but when you can have the attitude around it, it really shifts your life and the people around you. So you've got to do the work to develop that awareness, to realize that for yourself. This isn't easy. This took me a long time. And uh, having a positive attitude is, in my opinion, one of the most important things to manifesting, to attracting, to feeling better about yourself. But one thing that I've learned from the different guests and the experts on the show in the last few years is that what's most important is getting to the root of what's causing you the stress, the pain, the anxiety, the, the negative feelings that you're having. Because positive affirmations can only get you so far if you're not also doing the deep work on what's really going on, what's underneath the trigger, the anxiety, the fear. Dr. Caroline Leaf has been on the show a couple of times. I really love her message and her expertise. And she said, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound when you're just trying to have a positive affirmation without actually going to the root cause of what that trigger and negativity is. But if you're able to get to the roots of some of the things causing you so much pain and suffering and, and the negative attitude that you have, and then begin working to stay positive and having an abundance mindset, that's when you can really start to create real change and start to see and, and notice the feelings of positivity, notice the feelings of happiness flood into your heart, into your body, into your soul. And that's what this is all about. So habit number three is an important one. It's all about giving back, volunteering your time, helping others, mentoring, coaching, being of service in any way possible that you can. And you might have heard me share this before, but uh, if you're going to be addicted to anything in life, be addicted to service. I believe it's you know, not addicted in the negative sense, but if you're going to be committed to doing something and living an intentional uh, practice, be intentional on the act of serving other people. And in whatever way that works for you, whatever you have to do, do that for you. It's been my mission since the beginning of this show. And every single day I aim to show up and give back to you, to people watching, to people listening, my friends and family, my team members, and anyone possible that I can. And it's it's very important for me. And it also brings me a lot of joy when I can know that something I did caused a positive impact on someone else's life. Whether it be a piece of content, someone I interviewed, something they said, something I said, a way we put it out there that connected with people, that brings me so much joy. It brings me so much happiness knowing that my life has had meaning on one person's life. And it continues to feed and fuel my fulfillment and my soul every day. And that's why I continue to be committed to 
habit number one, which is the vision and staying true to that vision. And in a New York Times article by Tara Parker Pope, she wrote that several studies suggest that supporting others helps buffer our bodies against the detrimental effects of stress. And a five-year study of 846 people in Detroit found that stressful life events appeared to take a greater toll on people who were less helpful to others, while helping others seemed to erase the detrimental physical effects of stressful experiences. Now, for me, that is crazy to think that those who were more self-centered, who weren't focusing outward and trying to help other people, those that were only thinking about themselves, not helping others, had more physical pain and ailments based on the stressful environment. Whereas those who were focusing out, that started to go away. And for me, that says something about how service is truly important in our lives. Habit number four is a big one, something I do all the time, is to express gratitude and appreciation. This may seem like so basic. This may seem like the dumbest thing because it's so simple, but it will transform and change your life. And when we appreciate everything that we already have, not focusing on all the things that we don't have, but appreciate the things we already have, it puts us in a mindset of abundance rather than scarcity. And this is huge because gratitude drowns out negativity and it brings positivity into our lives. It puts us into perspective in the moment of what is meaningful, what we have created, what we have, the people in our life right now. And we can channel that positive energy into everything we're doing and we can shift that positive energy into our vision and our mission. And I can't speak for everyone, but gratitude has been life-changing for me. It's something, again, that I do every day. It's a non-negotiable when I wake up. It's on my voicemail. When someone calls me, I say, tell me what you're grateful for and I'll get back to you. Uh, in our team meetings, we talk about it. When we start a meeting, what are you grateful for today? It's just something that when I go to bed at night, I express three things I'm grateful for. All these things help me continue to stay in the present moment, not focused on the past of what I did or how mistakes I made, not worry about the future, but really be present. And that's the key to being happy is focusing on what you have right now and the people in your life. And many of the psychologists that I've interviewed on this show tell me that gratitude is proven to create a happier life. This isn't just some fluffy woo-woo, you know, personal development thing. This is now science. It's been researched. It's been studied and proven that gratitude decreases depression, increases happiness in people's lives. So don't let gratitude be something you just do from time to time or once in a while or on a holiday or Thanksgiving. Uh, you need to find time and place to do it every single day. And the more you do it, the more frequently you do it, the happier, healthier, more fulfilled you will be. And it'll put your life in perspective. It'll get you out of the things you don't have and focus on things you do have. The simplest way to do that is just to add gratitude to the start of something you're already doing. We talked about this, what will I do? We do it before team meetings. You could do it while you're making coffee. You could do it right before you eat every meal. You could do it when you wake up, when you go to bed. Whatever you're about to start something, have a moment. It could be five seconds. I'm grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for this thing. I'm grateful I have this. And really be intentional on that. Spend a few minutes and um, use that time wisely to express gratitude. For me, again, I wake every morning and I express the things that I'm grateful for. I really just wake up and say thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for my health. Thank you for the people in my life. Thank you for the challenging times that have helped me grow and improve myself. I try to just say thank you for it all. And that really supports me 
in the day. And you'll be able to love deeper, you'll create more light for other people, and you'll appreciate the little things around you more than ever. I'm telling you, a ritual of gratitude will change your life. It's Again, it's, it seems so basic. It might seem like so, you know, this is not some crazy life hack or some thing, some app or something that's going to switch something on in your brain. This is just going back to the basics to help you improve your happiness. Habit number five is to create healthy relationships with boundaries. I didn't know what a boundary was until really a few years ago in, in certain areas of my life. And personal boundaries are essential in healthy relationships because they provide the foundation for your expectations, behavior, and how you communicate with others. But sometimes setting the limits can be challenging and difficult, especially if you want everyone to be happy around you. Now raise your hands if you are a recovering people pleaser like me and you want everyone to like you, you want to be, you want everyone to be happy around you, you want everyone to, you, want, you don't want anyone to ever be mad at you for anything. That's been me pretty much my entire life up until recently when I created, when I learned how to create healthy boundaries and know that I'm going to disappoint people. But the most important person that I'm not going to disappoint is myself. And I was always abandoning myself to try to please others. And I was hurting myself in the process. And you should never hurt yourself. You obviously don't want to hurt others, but you should never hurt yourself. And we often react differently when we don't get what we want. Or when what it is happening around us isn't what we expected, when that expectation kind of hangover happens to us, results in frustration or hurt feelings. I know, I know the feeling. You expect someone to say something or do something, they don't do it, you get let down, it hurts. That's why communication is so important. And whether it's an intimate relationship, a family member, a business relationship, when the boundaries we have set are not met, we feel violated. Or for myself, I felt abused, taken advantage of, and all these different things. And that doesn't feel good. I understand those feelings. They don't feel good. So when you create a standard, create a boundary, you've got to communicate and talk about your expectations in that communication process. Sometimes this can be extremely challenging and difficult conversations, especially if you've never done it in the past. And oftentimes, boundaries are not discussed, and that can cause bitterness and resentment. And if you take the proactive approach by discussing boundaries with your partner, you can avoid a lot of that pain and stress and disaster. So I highly encourage you to be willing to be uncomfortable in those boundary conversations. And I loved this moment that I had when I interviewed Nedra Tawab. And she said, she was, she's like the boundary expert. And she said, when we think about boundaries, we think about them as something with someone else. But a boundary could be a morning routine, a boundary could be having some quiet time after lunch. It's not just all these things that we need other people to do. It's also what we need to do with ourselves. And I think it's so important for us to reflect on what are the boundaries we're keeping with ourselves. Not about significant others or family or friends. What are the boundaries of integrity you're keeping with yourself? So think about that for yourself and the boundaries you want to set in the specific relationships in your life. And really, are any of them being crossed already? What are the places in your life where you feel like boundaries are already being crossed? Make a list. Write these down. And are you not respecting the boundaries yourself? Are you crossing boundaries that you shouldn't be crossing with someone else in your life? It's a difficult thing to do, especially if you've never really thought about them. But when I began setting boundaries in my life, as well as started to hear about the importance of them from different therapists and psychologists that we've interviewed on the show, it made a huge difference in my emotional, mental, 
physical well-being as well. Because really, when you think about boundaries, you know, when an emotional, mental, or spiritual boundary feels crossed, you almost feel it in your body. I know I did. I would feel tightness, tension. I would have like eczema flare-ups when a boundary was crossed, and I didn't know how to handle it. And you feel, you feel the boundary being crossed emotionally, and it physically manifests. So this will continue to help you be happier and physically healthier when you create boundaries, which leads me into habit number six. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Which is to Take care of your physical health. Work out, eat clean, physical and mental health. The emotional and mental stress can, can really lean into the physical damage if we don't have a clean, healthy relationship with the mental and emotional side of ourselves, creating boundaries and all that other stuff. But taking care of your body consistently, moving your body, exercising is so important for your overall physical and mental health. We've had so many different experts come on and talk about the research and the science of how physical movement increases happiness, increases dopamine, makes you feel more confident, all these things. Being stagnant for two weeks and not moving your body will make you feel less and less confident, make you feel weak, and all those different feelings will create stress and anxiety in your life. When you don't exercise, you're not giving your body 
the clarity it needs. It's not cleansing itself. It's not moving. And you've got to move in order to get you closer towards your desired goals as well. So you've got to think about these things. What does your body need? It's, it's something that I've started talking about more and more as I've started to integrate this more and more in my life. And I started taking boxing lessons a couple times a week, six months ago, and it's transformed my physical and mental health. You might have to re- reassess, like, are the physical activities I'm doing right now supporting me? Or do I need to mix it up? Do I need to try something new? Do I need a new challenge? That's what I did with boxing. I've been able to lift and run and, and, and play sports my whole life, but I felt like I needed something to shift me physically, and boxing was something I'd never done, something that was challenging. It's mental, it's emotional, and physical, and it's one of the hardest workouts I've ever done. So I go early in the morning and I do that because that's been huge for me because it means I can take care of the most important and often the hardest things first, which set up the rest of my day for success. And when I finish a workout early in the morning and I realize, wow, there's still a lot of people that are asleep who haven't gotten up, who haven't done anything, and I'm finishing one of the hardest things of the day for me that brings me joy, that makes me a better human, that makes me feel more confident, makes me feel happier. That, that detoxes things that I need to let go of. When I do that, I feel like, wow, what's next? What is there that I need to do? I can do anything. Bring it to me. I will take on the world today. And when you start the day with that momentum, it'll really support you with your overall happiness. Now, if you're not often physically active, don't overwhelm yourself and say, I'm going to do two hours a day of activity and I'm going to go crazy here and I'm going to sign up for all these classes because you'll burn out quick or you'll hurt yourself. You can start... As small as just going for a a 10, 20 minute walk around the block five days a week and really get started. Just get yourself moving on the process of consistency. And even if you're making small progress, that progress is signaling your brain of the changes that you are wanting to make. And again, five, 10, 20 minutes a day will eventually be 30 and 60 minutes a day and it'll continue to build and compound over time. So don't overwhelm yourself by thinking you have to go extremely crazy right off the bat and I'm going to eat perfect seven days a week, I'm going to train like a machine, and I'm going to get 12 hours of sleep, and all these things, you're probably not going to be able to sustain that within two weeks. But getting started and being consistent is the key. So anything is better than nothing when it comes to moving your body. And the next thing is really to focus on your diet. I know when I'm not eating clean consistently, I kind of take the 80-20 approach for, for nutrition and food. 80% of the time, I try to eat as clean and healthy and organic as possible. Uh, 20% of the time, I'm traveling the weekends. I I have more sugar and desserts and things that I know aren't the best for fuel for my body. But they they taste good and I give myself that balance. And you can work out all you want, but you can't outwork your mouth. That's for sure. You cannot outwork your mouth. Um, You can train for an hour and then if you're having all this cakes and cookies, it's not going to do anything for you you're actually not doing any favors for yourself. You might be maintaining, but you're not really improving. And our guests all the time talk about eating things like, I've asked so many different scientists, doctors, and and nutritionists about the top food you should be eating. And they all consistently say blueberries, foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids like salmon and walnuts and avocado oil, dark chocolate. The list goes on and on from there. Leafy greens, all that stuff. But Eating more of those things, adding more of those things into your, your, your body uh, will support you. And you don't want to put in so much effort in your workout routine and then just go have you know alcohol and sugar and 
pizza every night, that's not going to really support your growth. You can have cheat meals in moderation, or you can just call it balanced meals in moderation if you don't want to call it cheat meals. I do the balanced 80-20 uh, kind of percent rule. And having a clean diet will not, but having a clean diet will not only serve you physically in your health, but also in your mental health. Because we've talked about so many different experts that have come on and share that the foods that actually increase your mental health and affect your mood. We've had a lot of these different doctors and nutritionists come on and talk about that. And when you're eating poorly, it can increase the feelings of depression, anxiety, and stress. And I believe we're starting to really understand more about how much our diet really affects us, how much food really can either hurt us or heal us. So for your future self, it's best if you focus not only on putting your body through the workouts, but also giving your body the cleanest foods possible to eat. Which brings me to habit number seven, the power of breathing. This is something that I really started to practice in sports but didn't start to really learn how to, I wouldn't say I call myself a master at this, but it really didn't start to learn how to master breathing until five years ago when I went to India to study for two weeks um, meditation and then becoming a meditation instructor. And then from there, meeting with Wim Hof and doing the Wim Hof breathing techniques, then interviewing James Nestor, talking about breathing, Andrew Huberman, the famous neuroscientist from Stanford who talks about breathing in the brain and how it connects to the brain and the body connection. And really, the deeper that I've gone down this rabbit hole of, of learning about the mastery of breathing and applying it to myself, I've noticed incredible results. And it's like I, I'm, I'm noticing it quicker and quicker. So it's been really helping me improve my peace, improve my mental health, improve my mood just with breathing. And that is a powerful tool. You don't need anything. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to eat anything. You don't need to do anything different. In a few moments, you can change the way you feel through your breath. And breathing is the number one way to give your mind a reset and to get you back into a balanced, peaceful state. When you're nervous, stressed out, feeling overwhelmed, or catching yourself overthinking something or overanalyzing, breathing exercises can help you get back to calm and control. And that's what this is all about. The power of breath is that it lets you steer your energy. It lets you get back onto habit number one, your vision, as opposed to being distracted, stressed, and overwhelmed. And I did this as an athlete. I would do this going up uh, for big moments in a game in football. Breathe slowly. You know, I've had different sports psychologists come on and talk about how in practice you want to actually get yourself up and practice like it's a game. And when you're in a game time situation, you want to slow down because you have so much adrenaline, you want to calm and slow down. So I do that as an athlete. Before I get on stage, right before, I really try to think about how do I slow it down because I know when the lights turn on, when the music gets on, I'm going to be hyped. I'm going to be pumped. But how do I slow down so I can communicate my message effectively as opposed to being all anxious and excited about it? So I want to share three steps to properly help yourself incorporate breathing into your day today. Number one is to bring awareness to your breath. So really just think about it and bring awareness. And when we're breathing all the time, all day long we're breathing, but we're rarely paying attention to it. We, we hardly really think about it. But when we think about it, by taking a moment to bring your awareness to your breath, 
just as it is, you can get out of your head and into the present moment. So when you're focused on breathing, and that's all you focus on, and see how it feels in your body, see how it feels in your mind and your heart, and see how it's naturally calming your heart rate. You can actually feel your heart rate go down, and you put your attention on that activity for 60 seconds. You can eliminate other distractions by putting attention on that and get back into a rhythm that will help you in that moment. And this habit is great for when you catch yourself overanalyzing things, stressed, anxious, worried, uncertain about the future. Just turn your focus back to your breath and temporarily let go of any other stress. The second part is to focus on and lengthen your exhale. This is something I learned in India when I went there five years ago. They take inhales through the nose, uh, and whatever the, the, the time amount through the nose, they teach you to practice twice as long exhale out of the nose. So if you're taking a, a, an inhale for two counts in the, in the nose, four counts out of the nose. And by repeating that process, it'll calm your heart rate, it'll calm your mind, and get you back into a peaceful state. And you just repeat that process over and over again. Or it could be four inhale and eight out, three inhale, six out. The exhale is just as important, if not more important than your inhale. So drawing out your exhale will slow your heart rate down and again, bring you into a calmer state of mind. And number three is to use a deliberate sigh. So Dr. Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist from Stanford, who's been on the show a couple of times, showed me an exercise that involves breathing with a double intake and an extended exhale. So still the same extended exhale, but a double intake. And by doing this exercise for just two or three cycles can really help you calm down. And it also expands the oxygen level in your body as well. And I urge you to try it a few times during the day when you feel overwhelmed. I've been doing this a lot since he taught me. It's, it's a simply... You breathe through the nose with a double inhale like this. So a double inhale. And twice as long exhale that way. But by doing that a few times, it really opens up the oxygen level, calms you at the same time. So practice that a couple times throughout the day. Habit number eight. This is huge. Again, this is no secret. This is no crazy hack. It's just sleep more. Sleep more, recover. Your body is going through so much every single day, especially with in the last 20 years with all the data and information we are consuming from our smartphones, from computers. We're getting so much data points every day. The body needs more rest. We're working harder. We're trying to be more productive. We're, we're trying to squeeze the juice out of life more. Whether it's play, work, relationships, we're squeezing more juice out of life. And we need proper sleep to recover. And if we're staying up till 2 or 3 a.m. and feeling exhausted from the day and anxious about tomorrow, then it, we're going to be in a, a sleep deficit. And we need to get back on trap with our, with our sleep. So here's a few ways to start getting better sleep. Number one, stick to a sleep schedule as often as you can. Now, this can be hard if you're traveling. I get it. But as often as you can, try to go to bed at the same time. Proper sleep recovers and refreshes your mind. So the next day can be stress-free. But it's important to say, okay, I'm going to be in bed by 10 every night or 11 every night or whatever that time is for you. So you have a schedule so you know you're going to get the certain amount of hours you need. Number two, pay attention to your diet that day. 
Try not to have big heavy meals before sleeping and also try to limit your caffeine intake after I would say 10 a.m. to noon. You don't really wanna have caffeine after that. The, the research has shown it's gonna make it harder for you to go to sleep at night. So number three is creating a peaceful environment for your sleep is crucial. My friend Sean Stevenson talks about this in his book, Sleep Smarter, that you wanna create a sleep sanctuary. You wanna make sure that your bedroom, where you sleep, is a sanctuary for you to shut off and go to sleep. And that can be hard for some of us as we work from home, we sleep uh, at home, we work, we've got a lot of activities happening in the same place. It's hard to really shut it off when you're used to picking up your phone in the morning or being on your phone at night, watching TV in bed, or doing all these other things in your sleeping space. But you wanna create a sleep sanctuary, you wanna create a routine that helps you separate yourself from the other areas of your life, like taking a bath, it'll help you rest and recover better. So what is the routine? What is the sanctuary that you're gonna create the environment of peaceful, restful sleep? It's one of the most important things you can do. And as an athlete, I used to sleep a ton. I knew the importance of sleep because your body would be so sore. We would take naps, we would sleep as much as we could. I used to sleep in as long as I could to get that quality sleep. As a business leader, when I'm traveling, I know now I'm not 21 anymore. I know the importance of my sleep. Even if I get two or three hours less sleep than I'm used to, it will affect me, I'll need more caffeine. You know, there'll be other things you'll need to supplement. So it's important to know that if you are living a high performance life, if you are trying to squeeze the juice out of life, if that's the season of life you're in right now, you've gotta make sleep a huge priority for yourself so you have the energy, the focus, and the clarity to move towards your vision. Habit number nine. Who? this is a big one. It's a big one because a lot of people don't like to do this, is to take responsibility for yourself, for your actions, and keep yourself accountable. Now, it's easy to be the victim. It's easy to say, make excuses for yourself and say, well, I didn't want to do this, I wasn't feeling this, or this thing happened, or this circumstance happened. But you cannot negotiate your dreams and your goals. You cannot negotiate with your goals through circumstances or excuses. That will make you unhappy. It's up to you to take responsibility for your life. And you have to decide today that you're going to get in shape, that you're gonna start that side hustle or that business, that you're gonna take on a new hobby. Whatever it may be for you, you've gotta decide. And only you can decide to take that first step. And then, most importantly, be consistent on those steps day after day, week after week, year after year. But the next step that matters just as much is being held accountable for the goals in front of you. That is important. The accountability is so key. And you need to create a habit of checking in with someone on a daily or weekly basis that can hold you accountable and call you out if you're falling short. This is why we have our greatness coaching program that uh, high performance leaders in our community are members of. They have joined, they have monthly accountability, they've got partners, they've got myself, they've got a coach, all these different things to help people stay accountable. An accountability partner could be a friend for you, could be a family member, could be a coworker, could be a coach that you hire, could just be someone you pay as an accountability person to check on you daily. Whatever it is for you, accountability is key. And the effects of accountability are strongest when you and your partner have similar goals. So you can grow together with them. It's huge when you guys have that common goal. Just having one accountability partner can do wonders for you. Just one person to hold you accountable, to give you checks and balances. But you can also consider surrounding yourself with a team, a community of people who inspire you and hold you accountable. I hire lots of coaches. 
personally, I try to find the experts in every area of my life, hire them to hold me accountable for what is important to me. Only what is important to me, I have them do. I, you know, if it's not important and if it's not part of your vision, it's not part of your overall life plan, then you don't have to do it. But for me, what's important, I hire people, I have accountability in those areas of my life. Fitness, relationships, spirituality, business, mental health, financial health. I mean, I hire people in every category. And I understand you may not be at a point right now where you could do that, where you can afford that. Uh, but find friends, find mentors, find people that can hold each other accountable. And if you want to improve your fitness, one of the best things you can do is surround yourself with fitness-minded people. So if you're hanging out with people that are lazy and on the couch and aren't working out ever, then start spending more quality time with people that are getting up at, at 6 a.m. and doing jo- uh, joint runs together. There's run groups in every city around the world. There's different things you can do to support you. So think about the accountability in your life, what's important to improve right now, find those people to support you, and move forward. Habit number 10, learn to cope with tragedy and let go of regret, anger, and resentment. Holding on to our past trauma is one of the most painful things we can do for ourselves. I am speaking for myself here that I held on to trauma and resentment and anger and frustration for 25 years, if not more, in different parts of my life. And that is a recipe for suffering, reaction, stress, painful moments, all these different things. So, you know, uh, the therapist who's been on who reminded me of this guy, Winch, talks about, you know, the ruminating of our past wounds and holding on to these past wounds and how to heal the broken heart. We've got that episode that you can dive in more and so many different therapists have come on and talked about this. But I try to really look for the positives And what I can learn from these events and feelings and channel those feelings into growth as a person and really how can I serve others who might be going through something similar in that situation. I remember hearing a story from Tony Robbins. He said, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to beat me. She used to pour uh, soap down my mouth because she thought I was lying. She used to do all these things that caused a lot of pain and trauma for me. But I loved my mother. Because she gave me the capacity, the expanded uh, heart to want to help other people rid themselves from their suffering. So he used the painful moment not as resentment to hold on to, you know, being angry at his mom. But to say, you know, I love my mom for this. You know, she didn't know any better in these times. She was doing her best. She was also loving in other ways. But those moments, I'm not going to hold on to them and suffer. I'm going to use them to end suffering for those around me, and I think that's really powerful. So really think about how you can let go of the emotional traumas. This might take some work for a lot of people. For me, it took a long time to really learn how to do that. It's one of the reasons why I started School of Greatness, because I wanted to interview these experts to teach me. But it's created so much freedom and peace in my life and happiness in the process. And habit number 11 is to eliminate things that don't make you happy and focus on what does make you happy. So. I asked Matthew McConaughey this, and when I interviewed him, I said, you know, what are five things that we should be eliminating in our life? And he mentioned this list of these five things. Number one, we should be eliminating bad people. Eliminate people that don't promote your growth and that don't bring you joy. We often cling onto these toxic relationships or people because they validate us in the short term, but they're very harmful in the long term. So eliminate those people, or at least distance yourself. You know, distance yourself and start spending more quality time with people that bring you joy. Number two, 
to eliminate is bad places. Stop going to places that encourage unhealthy lifestyle behaviors like bars or fast food restaurants, etc. Again, don't go to these places if you know you don't feel good when you're there or afterwards. And if a certain place continually makes you feel bad, do whatever you can to eliminate or distance yourself or go there less. Our environment can really impact our mood in a big way. It's hard to to not notice that. So create those environments for yourself that are healthier. Number three, you gotta eliminate the comparison to others. Uh, stop comparing yourself to others and eliminate jealousy because what is it, the, the quote, comparison is the thief of joy. I think Einstein said that, you know, when, we, when we're constantly, and comparing yourself to yourself of where you think you should be or whatever, it's like always in comparison mode is not gonna do anything good for your happiness. Number four, Overthinking your failures. Instead of dissecting all your problems, start dissecting all your success, all the things you've done to overcome the challenges. And ask yourself, how can I replicate my successes rather than how can I stop my failures? And number five to eliminate is instant gratification. This is a big one. Fight the cravings for instant pleasure and results and be okay with delayed gratification. Knowing that you're gonna be doing the work consistently and your, your future self is going to be grateful for your current self and the consistent effort you're putting in. You're going to reap way bigger rewards in the future if you can delay that gratification. So there you have it. These are the 11 healthy, happy habits to increase the overall joy of your life and set you up for a better life. And if you can commit to implementing these in small ways over the next couple of months, I'd be curious about what would happen in your life. What do you think you could create and transform in your life just by implementing a few of these things consistently for a couple months? Also, if you haven't picked up a copy of the book, The School of Greatness, this has more in-depth on the principles of greatness, the distinctions to help you improve the quality of your life to reach greatness for your life. And it's all about uh, living bigger, loving deeper, and leaving a legacy. So if you want more, you can check out The School of Greatness book We'll have links below to help you further your education. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to share this with some friends. You can post it on social media. You can use the link and just text a few friends right now, lewishouse.com slash 1147. Or you can just copy and paste this link and text it to a few friends right now. And again, if this is your first time here, welcome to the School of Greatness. And please subscribe over on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review of your biggest takeaway or your favorite habit from this episode. And I want to leave you with this quote from Abraham Lincoln, who said, Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Ooh, that's so powerful because so many times we make choices on what we want now, what feels good, what makes us feel happier in this moment, but maybe it isn't the healthiest happy habit long term. So make sure you start thinking about what is going to make me happier the most long term, not what's going to make me happy for five minutes, but then not make me feel healthy the next moment. Again, we all have choices we get to make every single day. It's your opportunity to start transforming your thoughts and ideas into more deliberate, intentional, aligned actions into your life. Those actions will develop habits. Those habits will continue to either improve the quality of life or hurt your quality of life. But every action is up to you. And I want to remind you, if no one's told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter, my friend. I'm so grateful for you. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.